he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. friends and welcome back to another episode number 34 of Belotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. My name is Anthony Belotta. I'm here as I am every week with my one and only Belotophile, Alex Depostolidis. Hey, Alex. Hello. Yay. We're here. We're here again. Monday, 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 Monday. Was it just Monday? It was just Monday and it's Monday again. Okay, Always. I guess that happens every week. I guess That's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it comes around every seven days. You know, you get that Monday thing. <laughs> and here we are on another gloomy San Diego Monday. It's very intriguing out there. It is. And it's not the typical June gloom. So let's move on from weather chat and let's talk <laughs> about what we have planned today. Because right. we're going to meet two people that we've we only know one that we've known for a while uh, and have worked with, but um, we're going to meet them under different circumstances today. We are, and it's you know it's really interesting because they are quite a pair. Uh, it, it's so much alike. I mean, it, talk about uh, soulmates, kind of. They have ex- both have ex- uh, extensive backgrounds in musical theater. They both have bachelor of arts in music. They both worked on stage and behind the curtain for some of San Diego's most prestigious theaters. Um, they both worked for worked in entertainment for amusement parks, which is really cool. And they're both currently performing throughout San Diego. So like I said, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, so please welcome the hosts of the very funny and informative podcast, Sass Chat, Athena Espinoza and J.D. Dumas. Hello, Athena and JD. So how are you kids doing today? So good. Thank so you. Good. I'm doing well. Yeah. Excited to be here and talk to you guys. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, any events coming up? Any gigs coming up? Are you starting to book? Starting. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a couple holds for Christmas, which is great because last season we sort of just yes. had to yeah, exactly. So we're getting excited for that. Um, I have a show coming up with one of my other groups um, in August, which is exciting in a little theater in August. You have a weekend to show going there and just things are creeping back in, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think you might have a really stellar Christmas this year. I'm, Anthony, yes. Yeah. Fingers crossed, toes right. crossed. Yes. It seems that we should, right? If if things go according to plan, people are ready to celebrate and miss last oh, yeah. year. And so it's my hope that they come back, you know, ready to go and ready to party and ready to book. That's right. Well, we are definitely ready to sing, right, JD? We are yes. so ready. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's like, yes. One of their holds is for us, so. <gasps> That's right. Yay. So we uh, all hope that comes in. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. I think there are going to be a lot of holds. I think as we get closer, you're going to become phenomenally busy this Christmas. And From you'll probably be wishing that you were back in March of 2020. 
Never. We love busy, 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 busy. We love that at Christmas. Can't wait. It's what we live for, right? Yeah, exactly. Keeps us going through the rest of the year. <laughs> and you have several groups. You don't just have the Holiday Hipsters. Great name. That's Thank you. I do. Well, um, for Christmas specifically and holiday time, we do have the Holiday Hipsters, which is kind of like, I always say, it's sort of like pentatonics. It's the urban sort of hip versions of carols and songs with beatboxing and all that. And then I also, we also have the definitely Dickens carolers or dazzling Dickens, excuse me. That's your just traditional Dickens caroling. And then I also have an all girl group, three girls, and we sing cute little, you know, poppy jazzy versions of tunes and they're called the Holly Pops. So for Christmas, we have a few things going, mm. but yes, I've also got a girl group. Um, we sing some Andrew sisters tunes, but then we also sing other top 40 hits, but in the style of the forties, we call it modern music, vintage style. We're called the pinups. So we kind of mix, you know, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy and Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree, the ones you know from the Andrew Sisters, but then we do like Respect and we do Justin Bieber and Britney Spears and Beyonce, but like in the style of the 40s. So that's a really fun group. And that's the one we have a show coming in August. So that's a lot of fun too. And you're doing theaters as well as events with these groups? Um, well, this particular group, the pinups, we're doing our USO tribute show. So it's a scripted you know, show, we sing, we, we all play characters, we have lines, we do choreography, and it's kind of a nod to the 1940s radio shows. We have a, even within the scripted set, we have a little commercial that we do for whatever venue we're at, kind of like we're on a radio show. So it's a lot of fun. And we're doing that particular USO tribute show at a theater. Yeah. It sounds like fun. Great it's a fun. lot of fun. Yeah. And JD, you've got something coming up in August, right? I did a little stalking. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've got some things coming up uh, during the summer. I've got a lot of um, summer camps with San Diego Musical Theater. And then uh, we just got the green light recently to do a production at California Center of the Arts in Escondido. And they are going to do a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat this fall. And uh, it was postponed from last year. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So there's theaters coming back, which is exciting <laughs> and really awesome. And we're super excited about it. Um, it is definitely a weird thing to, like, get back into it after being out of it for, you know, a year. Um, but it's it's great. It is. It's fun. Will you be musically directing that show? I will. Or? I will be music directing Joseph with that company. And uh, and we cast the show when we were planning to do it outside last year. And uh, we'll see if people come back or if we have to do some, probably some fill-ins for people that have gone on to other things. So you actually began the rehearsal process last year with the intention of bringing the show outdoors and then we just... cast the show. So we did virtual auditions and then we had a whole rehearsal schedule. Mm -hmm. um, we had everything planned and ready to go. And then after we had just finished casting, they pulled the plug because they were like, look at, we don't know where we're going to be at. And we were planning to do it in the winter. And mm -hmm. so they were like, this is a really terrible time to do it. So they were like, let's wait till like, spring or summer of next year and kind of go from there and so the the foundation finally gave us the green light to go ahead and we're going to do it in the fall 
And it's a production of the Performing Arts Center, or is there another producer involved? Curious. No, so it's through California Center of the Arts. That's great. Yeah, so it's it's a wonderful opportunity for them to like bring it back in. And as far as I understand, there's not a lot of details yet with regards to how the show is going to be done. But um, but yeah, so we're figuring all those things nice. out of like where to go from here. <laughs> Nice. You're yeah. both from the musical theater world. Yes. Yeah. As are as are we, both Alex and I. Nice. Yay. And I happen to listen to your episode about the about musical theater and the shows that you hate. Oh dear, musicals we hate. <laughs> musicals we hate. I loved it. I loved oh, it. It was right on my alley. Yeah. Oh good. Um, oh great. But the only thing I have to ding you on is this. You did say somebody said, oh anything that. Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber oh. has written, but I I was specifically thinking Starlight Express because oh that gosh. has to be the worst musical ever, uh, uh. and I was waiting for you to say it, but you didn't. No, we yeah. tried to avoid an Andrew Lloyd Webber. Obviously, our special guest Sarah Arrington, who, Arrington, who's also in musical theater, she I think was the one who was saying that, but. Man, Starlight Express is so weird. I saw it in Vegas, you know, it used to be out at one of those casinos. Yes. It was like a, you know, residency. And oh, you know, it's all these things are so strange, like cats. If you don't have an expectation of what it is, if you're really just seeing it as the show is new and you go in like Starlight Express and you suddenly see all these people racing around you in roller skates, it's, it's very strange, it's very strange. But I think it's also different as an adult I saw the show in London when I was a kid, like when it was at the West End. And I remember being obsessed with it. I was like, really? there are people on roller skates. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> now as an adult, I saw the show again in Vegas when I was a teenager and was like, this is still fun, but this is a little much. And now as an adult, I'm like, okay, it's a cute show. I'm all for it, get it. It's a little much, and it's just one big safety hazard. The whole show, if you really <laughs> I mean, look at that. It. Like, how many accident reports do you think there have been? Oh, I'm Star sure that stage manager was ready to just <laughs> rip everybody apart. I bet. And those those uh, swings were ready to come in on a moment's notice, right? Oh, yeah. you know it. So you don't you don't like Starlight Express, is what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I want to make that real clear. It's. Yes, real clear. It's not only don't I like it, it, it seems to exist for absolutely no reason whatsoever. There's no, oh, yeah. it has no purpose. I mean, isn't that kind of how Cats is too? I, you know. Alex says yes. <laughs> I had the opportunity to see Cats on Broadway and it was either Cats or Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh. With Cheetah. Okay. Yeah. Of course I chose Kiss of the Spider yes. Woman. Yes. With Good choice. Cheetah. Good choice. Of course. So yeah. I've never seen Cats either oh anthony oh that's okay i think at this point just to put you know say you're not going to i was going to say it should be a point of pride right <laughs> at this point in my life yeah like, congratulations yes, yeah. you know like i've never been to jail and i've never seen cats there you go you've avoided <laughs> right? all that misery on both Ex sides exactly <laughs> but there was something else oh oh i wanted to tell you because you were talking about spider-man the musical Oh, another safety it, hazard. It did open. Oh. oh. I saw it. <gasps> I was all. one of the few who oh, saw man. it. Oh, man. We need a full right report now. here. I know. 
I don't even think I was awake during the whole show. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I could give you a full report. Wow. Other than the fact that I had two cousins with me who were eight and 10. Oh. And they were loving That's it. Nice. So I was living vicariously, right? It was, technically it was fun. You know, they were flying over this. It was a little bit circesque in that they were flying over us. And there was, you know, all that controversy about the fly. But that was really it for me. I don't remember anything about the story. It was so non-compelling, uncompelling. Man. It, but it did open. I, I want it to be clear that it did open. Oh, thank you. Good See, we need, we have corrections corners sometimes, you know, we, yeah. we have to go back and correct ourselves. So thank you for helping us out there. And I'm a little bit older than you guys. When I was in high school, I graduated in 1980. In 1979, our, my high school drama teacher, from Florida took a bunch of us to New York and we saw a few shows. I was like 17 at the time. And we happened to be near Studio 54, which was thriving Ooh, then. Wow. We, we didn't get in, but we oh. happened to be there and we met a bunch of dancers who had just come off of their show, Gotta Go Disco. Oh. What? Yes. It's a show you probably never heard of. Gotta Go Disco? Got it. I think that, disco. Belong, that yeah. belongs in that musicals we hate. I think already just from the name, it just sounds got to go disco. Right, right. It sounds terrible. And yeah. I believe it, I think it lasted a month. Was it, it was actually on Broadway or off Broadway? It was on Broadway. Wow. Do we know the premise of the show? Was it like a history lesson of disco or was it just a music review? It was, I believe, just a dance review, uh, a disco dance uh -huh. review. Well, I'm sure at that time it was, you know. Everybody was in it to win it. Well, for it a month. Probably it, like the Mamma Mia. Well, Mamma Mia, I think, has lasted longer than a month. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm sure. Well, I think probably it's the, it's very similar in style, except for the songs are very well known in Mamma Mia, which is the differentiation between that and, you know, the loser, Gotta Go Disco. <laughs> <laughs> Did yes, you see Mamma Mia? Have you seen, have you seen Mamma Mia? Oh, have I? Played Too in the pit. Times. Watched oh. it a lot. My fiance was on tour with it. I have lived, breathed, and died in Mamma Mia. And that didn't, that wasn't included in your, your list of most hated. No, musicals. we don't always include everything. Oh, oh no. Well, <laughs> That's funny. Can't, can't include everything. Can't include everything. <laughs> or do you like um, it? No. Do I like it? No, not, not so much. I have seen it once on tour. Uh, but I actually sing in an ABBA tribute mm -hmm. band. And so I just, you know, that's been, I've been now for seven years, we've had that band. And um, so that gives me my, my fill of that. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily go looking for the, I haven't seen the movie or anything. Um, but I will say even just from that band, people love the Mamma Mia. I mean, they go, the cheesier, the better. We wear the, you know, fringe and the sequins and I've got these sequin boots, a sequin beret. They're, the guys are wearing capes. And I tell you what, we, we hit that Waterloo. We hit that, you know, dancing queen. People go nuts. I it's have to say, I am a lover of ABBA. <gasps> Yay. I don't know why, but I love ABBA. It's fun. I wish there was a, a an intelligent reason for it, but it's just a <laughs> visceral response that I have when I hear the music. It makes me happy. It is fun. But, you know, this, the Mamma Mia show is such a 
thinly strung together mm-hmm. story and plot to just have all these songs. Yeah. So it's kind of. I think that was my problem with it when I saw it was it the they really stretched it thin with the storyline. And then I felt like it was just being so overplayed. You know, I still think it should be a musical romp rather than we are so, you know, we're actors on stage and this is life or death. And that's how it felt, the performance. Well, I feel like Mamma Mia is a fine, fine line when you do the show of of giving it the serious actor vibe versus campy. It's got to have, I mean, you have, even if you're performing in the show, you have to know there's an element of camp to it. So you can't be like, oh my gosh, I'm playing Donna and I'm going to be the serious woman on the planet. It's kind of like the, the, you, you know, everybody thinks this is funny. It's a comedy. It's not a drama. It is not kiss of the spider woman or anything serious by manner at all. So if you went to a show and see people like play authentic actors that are being these roles, <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. Then yes. already. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Give me it a doesn't rebound. work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's kind of like a you know, menopause the musical, which yes. is a show that really has no thread. Yeah. No. I say that because I was in it. Um, but if you if you do it seriously. Yeah, you have to you have to be willing to make fun of yourself and yeah, yeah. the show and play it from that. That's like the story of our podcast. <laughs> we just basically <laughs> sit around and make fun of ourselves and each other. It's true. <laughs> well, we love the the concept and the premise oh, of your podcast. You. Oh, thanks. Uh, what you've come up with is great. And uh, the fact that you surprise one another with these topics. Yeah, that's the uh, fun adds, adds to the fun. Right. Yeah. Very enjoyable. That sort of started off, honestly, from like a not lazy point of view, but like just like a, you know, if we if one of us takes the topic and does the research one week and then the next person does it the next week, then that cuts down on both of our, you know, amount of work to do on it. And so it was just like, great. And then we'll be also be surprised. And won't that be a fun part of it, too? It also equalizes your voices a bit right because you're sort of taking the lead as the researcher for that week right uh so it it balances out for both of you and and we get to hear you uh together uh which is something that we're striving for a bit more here is to is to hear more of alex because i just talk a lot (laughs) too much no no uh, (laughs) not at all anthony is that why she has the practice of raising her hand when she says, I like Mamma Mia? And yes. Then... <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's training me. <laughs> uh, but I honestly, when I was listening to you, I, I felt that we are very similar in style to, to the two of you. You feel almost like kindred spirits in the way that you run your podcast. Yes. Oh, nice. Well, we love that. It felt really familiar. Yes, it was great. Well, then you two must have like a, um, you know, like a nice friendship outside of, you know, what you're producing and stuff. I've known Anthony for 27 years. However long you've had your company, I've known you one year less. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Long time. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I don't really like Athena. Right. We just (laughs) asked. We're really good actors, so that's why. (laughs) Well, it's you're really good at what I call feigning sincerity. (laughs) Yeah. We do. If you're not good, well, if you're not good at that, you should just throw in the towel because life will be tough, right? (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, JD and I have not been friends for 27 years, but we do have. We work together. You know, we're colleagues and we sing together and stuff. But we have. A friendship outside of that you know not all of my singers do I then have like you know independent friendships where we actually hang out and call each other or do things together um but JD and I have that so I think it comes out you know as we as we converse yeah and that well, bond really has stemmed from how sassy we are well that's true <laughs> that who's sassier JD oh okay oh, for sure oh, okay <laughs> I'll give it up. Yeah. When I was just kind of stalking you guys, it was like, your lives are so parallel. You've done this and you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. really interesting. Your, how similar your paths are. So Alex, not, not to, sorry, sorry, not to throw you under the bus, Alex, but is there really such a thing as a little stalking? That's true. How, How far down this rabbit hole have you gone, Alex? Um, it just, it depends. This <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, oh dear. Oh dear. No, I didn't, I have to be very honest. I was a little late in the stocking on this one only because I had a little tiny break a week ago. I took over Memorial Day. So I took the day off the Friday through the Tuesday. And I really did try to take that time. So I didn't get to get as involved. Although I can, I'm going to say the two people I really want to stock. So I may just go back and do it for the fun of it. Are you guys? Because, oh, yay. We're um, stock worthy, JD. Yes, I made it. Worthy. You're nobody till somebody stalks you. That is yes. so true. It's been, I've been, you, you know, that's the goal. Just get a stalker. I'm fascinated at how you got all that uh, behind the scenes dirt on the, because I, I was listening to the Disney one, oh. especially because. Because, yeah, that's a popular one because, you know, so many people love Disney just as it is. And any time that you can have any, I don't know, I always feel like any time that you can have any like special behind the scenes of anything that you love, a TV show or a book or, you know, someone's life or any Disney, anything that you already like that you can glean a little bit of like behind the scenes is always exciting. I mean, JD worked there. You want to talk about working there a little bit? Yeah, so I, uh, I worked there. I worked there a couple of times. The first time was as a performer. So I performed in the shows at Disney and I've grown up a Disney kid. So I like wanted to see everything and like did tours of the attractions and was like become friends with people. And then when I went back this last time I went into guest talent. So then now we're working with like different school groups coming in and whatnot. But a lot of the people that I worked with have worked in the park and other departments. So for instance, Athena's Klepto moments in Fantasyland writing Snow yeah. White. <laughs> never, I should never have shared. Even um, my mother was like, oh, I can't believe it. I know. I'm I bowing down to you, girl. I was like statute of limitations, mom. That was so long ago. I want to hear about the Klepto moment. <laughs> oh, well, then you need to listen to the full episode. I mean, Anthony. Okay. Okay. No, it's okay. Um, but I asked my friend who worked on the Fantasyland attractions immediately. I was like, look at, I have the girl that I do the podcast with said that she stole apples from Snow White's attraction. Ooh. Is this a thing? And she was like, no, it's not. 
it definitely was out there in the world for people it to was like so know about. out there in the world as um, like an easter egg if but, anyone dared do it but uh. see an easter egg is something that you should be finding this is not something you should be finding well, well there was a Right? I mean, she, th I for mean, her, it was a, a charge. It was a, yeah. a call to arms. Let's and do this. And it was also, you know, I I did it three times. <laughs> I, got, I got better and worse at it yeah. at the same that time. third time was funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, and I have to say, as I said in the podcast, because I we do have some, some youth, some of our friends' kids, like our you know, oh, actually very much minds. fans of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to also give a disclaimer that like, I don't, I'm not condoning this. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's what happened. Okay. It's a fact. I'm not saying you should do that. It's just something that it's I did. having a true confessional moment. <laughs> I know the third time I couldn't get back in the car. And so I, I mean, here, Anthony, this is like the smallest little version in the previous Snow White ride. They had an apple that you could take out of the witch's hand. Well, like a prop again, apple. you if, couldn't take it. Oh, you're not supposed to. Right. If you but were you in the could. Take a bowl, but it wasn't supposed to be taken. Right. right. Got it. But you had to actually exit your car. So you had to like not lock your safety bar so you could jump oh. out, grab the apple, get in, pull the bar back down. But one time my last time i pulled the bar locked it to begin with but i was tiny enough that i could shimmy up and out of the bar and still get the apple but then i couldn't get back in the car so i just rode on top of the car on top of the safety bar back to the exit see this is what i'm saying i'm not condoning this okay i'm just saying it's what happened everyone has those times in their lives i just happened to share mine on a podcast now, you know, you... Some people watch the goat as they're riding Thunder Mountain to get that thrill. That's Other true. people steal an apple from Snow White. That's you know, true. to each his own. Oh, Can man. I just ask one question? Please. Just one. Are you allowed in Disneyland? Yes, and you know what? <laughs> Even from riding on the top of the safety bar, I mean, how obvious is that? And then they have to unlock you to jump out. And I just had to jump out before. Nobody oh, came after ran. me. Nobody, wow. like, you know. I'm surprised. I am not the only person who did this. Please. I'm seeing a musical here, Athena Gone Wild. <laughs> oh God. Oh geez. Wow. Well, so well, Athena, goodness. was this last year or yes, this is why the parks cut down. No, it wasn't last year, yeah. but the last time that I did it, I was I mean, I want to say I was in college. So it's not like um, I was, you know, 12, ten. Yeah, right. exactly. And actually the last no, the second time I did it. I had to do it for this guy who wanted all the information and I told him how to do it. And then he chickened out when we were getting on the ride. And I was like, you're lame. I'll just do it for you. So I jumped out and got it and gave him this apple because he was so chicken. Do you know what I never asked? What? When you take this apple, where did you put it? Like, where did you hide it to get off oh, the I just ride? Waving it Waving around. Waving it in no. the air? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Like, you always have like a backpack or a crossbody bag or something when you're going to Disney, you know, or I did. So just put it in your bag. Where's that apple today? That's the thing. I don't have any of them anymore. I must have gotten rid of them like in moves or whatever. Because, you know, as you grow up, you're like, why do I need this? And now. Now, don't you wish you had that? I do. Yeah. So I could prove it. Yeah. And they were not real apples, I assume. They were... They were a prop for sure. That were like kind of... glittery and painted. And... one was... It changed over the years. Like from the first time I did it to the second time, it was a different prop apple. 
just weird, like a different style. Oh, same color. It's red. Yeah, the first one was like a styrofoam ball covered in red, you know, a hard shell. And it had two pieces of Velcro that just like Velcroed into the witch's hands and Velcroed right out. Like, come okay. on, that's, Easy peasy, that's not right. secure. Yeah. And then the second one was just well, plastic apple that was wedged in. So I'm saying like glue it okay. in there if you don't want. It was being asked to be stolen. Right. It Thank was. you, it, Alex. I, Thank you, Anthony. I think it probably <laughs> had a sign on it that said, steal me, Athena. Yeah, basically. And it was, yeah. it, there was this, it like flashed its lights out too at me. So like, yes, I just, you, kept telling, you? you know, I mentioned to JD, it's like the secret menu at In-N-Out. It's like, you don't know that you can get a grilled cheese animal style by reading the menu, but if you order one and you're in How the How do you know, get a grilled cheese animal style? It's just cheese. Yeah, yeah. but with their special sauce on it. And the grilled onions. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, oh. grilled onions. You can't forget those. Okay, okay we're, we're not hanging out with the right people. <laughs> I know we gotta really be in not. the know here. Yeah. I, you know, Athena, I am a goody two shoes through and through. I am a Me rule too. follower, like to a embarrassing degree. I might have to start hanging with you because you I might you, you might change me. Be careful what you wish for. Honestly, <laughs> I even told my mom I don't honestly have any idea how I ever did that because I'm so like straight edge and boring. JD calls me shady pines, shady acres. Cause I go to bed at like shady nine. Pines. If he calls too late, I'm like, I'm in bed. Grandma pants is <laughs> not, no. Well, you don't even look guilty. You don't have a guilty face. You don't look like a, you know, you look like Thank a you. very yeah. trustworthy ingenue. <laughs> you look That's like how you get away with things, Anthony. Yes, you I, just, the see, blonde, I, long blonde hair, you just, oh, excuse me, is this your <laughs> apple? I had no idea. <laughs> it just fell on my lap. I was protecting it, sir. So, Athena, you have been really courageous in your in your business life as well. You've started a business, and you have all of these groups. Yeah. What is the impetus? How do you How did you get started, and and how did you know there Fame was a niche? And money. No. Um, right. Uh, what is the impetus? Well, I guess. I mean, I won't walk you through all of it because, you know, I don't want to bore you to, or anything, but my parents are musicians. So when I grew up, um, they were in an Irish Celtic band in San Diego. They had a small little following back then. Um, but like my mother plays the harp and sings. My dad plays the guitar and the Irish drum and the keyboard. So like I had music and performing, you know, as a lifestyle around me. Um, my dad had another like a day job, but they did that for all the years that I was growing up, they would play, you know, bars and pubs. And then they would go on these, you know, craft festivals and fairs traveling around. So I kind of like knew of that lifestyle performing. And then, um, you know, I went to college, majored in music, vocal performance. And when I got out, I was doing musical theater. And so I was getting, you know, moving up from chorus all the way to like, you know, leading parts. And I've always loved singing. I love performing, but it got to the point where, you know, I wasn't getting maybe the roles I wanted to get as much or just whatever. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to work for myself? I was, cause I was kind of in other singing groups that were owned and operated by other people. And I thought, well, I could, I could do that. I'm organized and I'm, you know, efficient and I'm personable. I could talk to clients or agents or whatever. So, um, specifically Christmas was kind of, I've always loved singing Christmas songs. My parents and I did Christmas caroling gigs when I was younger a lot, you know, when I got old enough to sing with them. And then I actually worked for a really cool company for two seasons 
They're called Mixed Company or um, what's their other name? Well, in Mixed Company, they go by Mixed Company. They're based in Orange County and they used to have the contract, an independent contractor contract with Disney and Knott's Berry Farm. So when I worked for them, I caroled at Knott's Berry Farm. I caroled at um, DCA, California Adventure. And then they had a couple of private uh, or like restaurants that they would do. So I got a lot of caroling experience in terms of being a singer, showing up to gigs, you know? And so I thought, well, I, I love this music. I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. I love like providing singing that then provides people with a memory. That's really kind of what I always say. Yes, I'm bringing you quality product. I'm bringing you, um, my groups are all like professional singers. I'm professional singers. And, you know, we have a certain kind of fun, upbeat vibe that we bring. But also like my goal is to bring you a great product, but also something that's going to, you know, create a memory for you at this event, whatever your event is. That's kind of like why I like doing it so much. So I just, yeah, went out on a limb and thought, why? I'll try just being the one in charge. And so far, except for last season, which we kind of have to discount because everybody, you know, in in the entertainment industry was sort of suffering. But up until that, our first five seasons, every season, we've gotten more gigs than the previous season. So we've always improved and getting, you know, we've been on the news quite a few times and stuff like that. So it's good. It's really good. And I think, I don't know, JD can probably attest to this, but I think the singers generally have fun. JD? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fun time. You know, a lot of the people that I use are um, like from the San Diego theater scene or some of them sing with San Diego opera. So m- many times they'll know each other. Um, I don't have a huge company. It's not a revolving door. So I don't uh, have like, you know, 50 singers and then you just show up to your gig. That's just not the way that I want to go about it. I like to have a smaller amount of singers so we can have more camaraderie, more blend. We can kind of like get to know each other better and provide a different sort of product. So I generally only have, you know, eight singers a season. And usually it's like a first string group and then a, mm-hmm. some subs. So it's it's fun. We just take on all the gigs. We roll all over town and sing our faces off and hopefully make people smile. Uh, you always do, I'm sure. Thank you. I spent about three or four Christmas seasons doing the caroling with Lillian Palmer. Oh. When she had a, a group, and this was probably 10 years ago. And uh, it is fun. And it's sort of a bit hectic because Christmas season is busy for everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Alex wants to know how you balance it because not, I mean, you got to get all your own things done and now you're, you're booking all of these additional hours away. And the, the thing about caroling is that traditionally or typically it's an hour or two hour booking, right? Right. So, and you want to really capitalize on the Christmas season, get as many of those as you can. So it's not uncommon that you're driving, singing for an hour, driving, singing for another hour, driving, singing for, you know, can become really mm-hmm. hectic. Yeah. And can. still trying to find time to enjoy the holidays because you love it. Right. It is, it can be hectic, especially because, you know, like I said, we have 
you know, mostly the same singers. So we could have a day where we're showing up, you know, to the airport for a news spot on their high traveling day at, you know, our call time mm -hmm. is 545 and we're dressed in our hipster outfits because we're singing, you know, beatboxy, our upbeat mix of stuff. And then, you know, after that, maybe we might have to drive somewhere else later that afternoon and they wanted the Dickens look and they want the more mm -hmm. traditional feel, but it's kind of the same people. And so we're sort of just schlepping around with, all of our, you know, Changing vests, hats. yeah, vests and cravats and bonnets, and then down to the jeans and the vests and the beanies for the hipsters. You know, it's kind of just. I, I remember, like, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, I had just gotten a puppy that that year, and when it came Christmas season, I had these like monster days, you know, for like a couple weeks, and it was like what am I going to do with her? Am I going to take her to boarding for like three days out of the week and stuff? So I was just telling my mom and my mom was retired at the time. And she said, well, why don't I just come down? I'll stay with you for a few days. I can deal with the dogs. Like, oh, great. So she did. And I had to like, I still had to be driving costumes to people, you know, this, that, because I'm the owner. So it all, charge. you know, at the end of the day, I have to make sure everyone has what they need. So she, I remember after a few days of staying with me, she goes, man, you could really use an assistant. And I just thought that was hilarious because like, I am so not the person who like needs an assistant, but maybe at that time of year for like, you know, the for, month for of December. Month. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Seriously. It I don't know, a, it's fun. It's fun. It's though. a heavy load though. It can be a heavy load at times, but it's clear yeah. that you enjoy it. I do. The, I'd say the hardest part is just working with my singers. And I don't mean that like, I love, I love all my singers as people and they're great and talented and they learn their parts and they show up and they have these great like personalities that they bring out when they perform, which is part of, you know, the reason why they've been hired and stuff, but it's tough. I'd say just like, you know, as everything, the more people you have, the harder the schedules become to line up to, to rehearse or to, you know, you have this high profile gig that comes in and one of your singers just can't do it. And it's like, Oh gosh, I've got to get a sub. And now you've got to figure out whose schedule works with that. And I'd say that that's the most challenging is just, you know, getting everybody available at, available at the same mm -hmm. times. And then also I'm kind of a yes woman. Like I want to tell the client yes, or the agent yes for every booking, first of all, because I want, the gigs. Mm -hmm. I sing with the group. So I, that's my income. And second of all, because, you know, they've come to us and if we can't do it, you know, this business, they're going to go to the next company and then Correct. maybe they don't rebook me next year. So it's kind Correct. of always a game of also making us available to accept the gigs when they come in and mm -hmm. for a certain price. And I don't have to tell you guys how the market is around here, but there are some other caroling groups and so there's there can be you know price co competition and right. i have you know i i think that we charge on the higher end of the spectrum but it's because i bring these professional singers mm -hmm. we have this time to make a blend together the four or five of us you know so it's a different type of product than you might get with some of the others no mm -hmm. better or worse it's just what it is so you know it's just challenging that part is always challenging just kind of scheduling mm -hmm. And it's hard to differentiate yourselves from a monetary point of view uh, when clients don't understand music and the time and effort you put into a really stellar blend and experience. You know, people know when something's off, but they don't know what it is. 
They just know it's not right. Right. But when it's right, they expect it to be right. So you get no kudos for that, right? right. It's, it's, it's difficult. You're right. It's, and then to get that rebooking again, it's, is always difficult. Mm -hmm. And, and justifying a little bit of a higher price. I don't think that'll be something that will ever go away in, in a subjective industry. No. Like and, you know, I've learned over the years, I used to get, you know, my first couple seasons, I would get like offended, like, you know, someone would call us up and they'd want, or they'd find us on the web, on our website or something, and they'd want four hours, you know, and they'd come with like, and we can pay $200 total and we'll give you a meal. And it's like, <laughs> look, I can buy my own snacks. I have a lot of dietary restrictions. I'm probably not going to be able to eat what you're going to send, you know, serve anyway. And $200 for four hours for four people is just like, who works for that? Like, I can't justify paying my singers who are professional. Many of them have gone to school. They've been trained in, you know, singing in musicianship. They read music. They work on their craft. Like, you know, those type of people, it, it does. It costs a little bit more. But then yes. at the end of the day, most of the time, once we're there doing our thing, people are, oh, you sound great. Or, oh, I didn't know there was like beatboxing and singing. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah. But it's hard to sell someone, you know, if they haven't seen you. Right. Well, right. it's also too, you're, you're, uh, you're very flexible on site. I say this because I, I worked with you on site on uh, up at uh, Poway. Mm, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that or yeah. not. And, and it was kind of an odd setting Yes. where we were. And, but there was no issues. Client loved you loved you. Oh, good. Everybody had a good time. And it was, we kind of had to do some things on the fly that night, but there was no issue with it. It was easy peasy. Right. And I, that's something I tell my singers. I always just say like, look, when we're on site, we say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And if you are upset about it, or there's an issue, you can tell me like, Hey, we worked overtime and I was supposed to get more, more money or whatever it is. You know, you guys are free to have those issues and you can tell them to me. And then I will bring them to the client or the agent or whatever is necessary. But while we're there and working, we just go where you tell us to go. We stand in the corner. Maybe we want to be, you know, like a higher profile at this particular event, or we thought we were going to be featured, but now we're just in the corner singing for mm -hmm. ambiance. It's fine. Whatever it is mm -hmm. when we're there, we just roll with it. And then we deal with it. You know, if something needs to be dealt with or whatever, just after the fact, because we're there to make memories. That's the whole thing. Right on. I mean, that is so well stated, Athena, Thanks. and it's exactly the way that we work. And that's the way that we work with our artists as well. If we have an issue or the client has an issue during the gig or before the gig that cannot be rectified, then it waits, right? Because right. there's an understanding that uh, people do their best work when they're in their best mood. Right. And, and artists, uh, you know, are, we stand the highest when it comes to that, you know, we, we're, we have to feel good before we go on or it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And and your clients should feel good at the end of an engagement and there should be no issues and you're, you shouldn't be hearing from your client, well, right. you know, I asked the group to do this and they didn't right. or, you know, you don't, yeah. And so far, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't had anyone come to me, agent or client or otherwise and say, you know, you guys were a real problem or whatever. And generally, we are asked for rebooks, you know? So I just judge that as like, well, that's success. We're doing mm -hmm. our part. We're doing, you know, well, so we'll just keep on trucking. 
And how do you deal with having to educate your clients now when they call or clients, new clients when they call? Oh, about pricing? Pricing, time frame, <laughs> yeah, every, pretty much everything because booking a, a quartet for four hours is a little outland. It's That's absurd. Right, right. You know? um, I generally, you know, and some people will want us for like a half hour or even 15 minutes. And it's like, we'll do it. We'll do any amount of time. We just, it just needs to be priced appropriately. So we kind of just start, you know, at an hour or portion thereof. If you're asking us in for 15 minutes, I'm still going to give you this rate as if we were going to be there for an hour or right. whatever. And, and I, you know, one thing I also learned early on, I don't actually publish our rates. They're customized for the event. They're customized for the time frame. They're customized for the logistics of the event and what you're asking for us to do. Um, we have a ballpark that, you know, we generally begin with, but it really depends. Is your, you know, is your event going to be, how long is it going to be? And how much are we doing the singing? Is there a break room? Are we featured on a stage? Are we just in the, you know, as singing ambiance? Um, what time of the day is it? Do we have other bookings that day? It kind of all just rolls into your custom rate for your event. And so because of that, I'm able to sort of take clients through and get all the logistics of their event. And then sometimes I've had to just say like, you know what, I, we're not, I don't think we're the best fit for your event because it'll be some kind of long time commitment for a budget that just isn't gonna work for us. And so mm -hmm. I have to just move along from that, you know, particular event. And sometimes I think, oh, that's too bad. We could have had that gig. But then I think, well, but if I would taken that, myself and my singers would be feeling frustrated that they have to schlep all the way over here for this little rate. And so it's better to just let that go because mm -hmm. it makes space for something else that's more appropriate for what we're looking for. Um, so I've had to tell certain clients, you know, that it's just, you know, it's not a good fit. Or if I can tell it's not going to be a good fit, I may just say that we're booked at that time. And then that just alleviates, you know, that. Mm -hmm. But I have had to sort of indicate these are our prices. And this is due to the fact that my singers are professional singers. We worked, you know, I kind of give them my reasons in a nice way. And I generally then point them to some of our promo that kind of shows us highlighted and, and gives you a feel of how we might be different than other companies they could be shopping at the, at the time, you know, mm -hmm. and then I kind of just leave it to the universe, you know, if it's meant to be our gig, it will be. And if it isn't, it will go to someone else. And that's, that's okay. There should be enough gigs for everyone to have at the price point they want. I don't know. Maybe that's too Zen, but I don't know. That's how I like to think of it. Well, no, I, I think that's smart because you yeah. keep yourself from stressing and from feeling like you need to please everyone and take everything. And, and that's a, that is a black hole. Yes, because it's virtually impossible to please everyone. And I've learned in the 25 plus years I've been doing this, that trusting your gut and your instincts really does make sense. Uh, because Yeah. And you know, you if know, you don't put your value at a certain mm -hmm. price point for whatever you've decided that your time mm -hmm. and product is going to be worth, then nobody else is going to come along and suddenly offer you $10,000 to come to an event. I mean, if you don't set yourself mm -hmm. up, you know, no one right. else is going to. 
No, exactly. nobody's going to offer you more money than you ask. <laughs> right. <laughs> Generally, no. Are you sure you don't want more? <laughs> it would uh, be really nice, but mm -hmm. no. And it and like I said, because our rates are are like custom, there are times when you know normally I would charge X for a three hour event, but this person's three hour event is this and that, or it's got a charity component attached. Or, you know, if I take this gig now, I've got four other dates from them next year or whatever it is, you know, I factor things in. And so I, I sort of slide the rate scale depending on all the, all the things that come with the gig, basically. Mm. What people fail to remember is not everybody, but some that, an hour of performance often means a few hours before and a few hours after, specifically before to prepare, to dress, to vocalize, mm -hmm. to make sure you're in good voice. Uh, and then afterward, it's just getting back to where you were, right? But there is a process. It's never just an hour. Uh, right. And it's also, you know, I don't know if people realize too, like my group is, well, the hipsters, the holiday hipsters are memorize like we don't bring our books or anything like that so it also you know we usually start rehearsing sometimes late august beginning of mm -hmm. september so you're also paying for the fact that we've rehearsed as a unit as a quartet maybe with a couple of subs and we've built this repertoire if you will and mm -hmm. so we're also that's part of your gigs preparation to take into consideration that's a selling feature in a, in an itself uh, the fact that you're not using music and your faces aren't, you know, stuck in a book. Yeah, I know. Because it's... most of the other groups use them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we do like um, we depending on the gig, like we'll bring them to a Dickens gig sometimes. But honestly, so many of my singers at this point have been with me for a few seasons. And so oftentimes we have the books. And then we end up holding them for, you know, five carols in a row because we just we just know it, you know, by now. Or we'll pull them out because somebody will have a request of a song we don't sing that much or right. we want like, oh, we need to fill some time. Let's sing We Three Kings. It's five verses. What are those middle verses? I have mm -hmm. no idea. Better pull your book out, you know, deep cuts. So <laughs> we do use them. But, you know, one of the things that is really important to me me with my products and my brand is like audience connection. Like I said, I am a singer and I'm bringing you this music, but I'm doing it so that we can have a connection. And this is how I'm connecting with my community is through singing. So I'm bringing you like a connection and also a way to make a memory. And so I don't, I want my singers eyes up looking at people, you know, yes. a lot of them Engaging. have these really great personalities on their own, like just as individuals. And so I want them while they're singing to be you know, doing that funny thing that they do on Rudolph or whatever it is, because it to it makes me singing right next to them have more fun. Right. And so that is going to translate. And so I That's like a... for us to not be in our books. So JD, how do you like performing in Athena's groups and um, singing alongside Athena and uh, uh -oh. doing these Christmas cards? I know this is a, <laughs> this is this is like you know. <laughs> This it's is your moment, Anthony. You are really just. Really <clears throat> Hold on, let me get out my script. <laughs> yeah, I paid him. I I, sent, <laughs> I faxed him some pages. <laughs> um, no, it's great. It really is a lot of fun. Uh, the arrangements and things that Athena uses for her songs are some of them are more complicated than others. Some of them, I want to rip my hair out. 
<laughs> um, but uh, they're really they're really cool, and she gives us tracks, so then that way we can practice beforehand mm -hmm. and kind of work through those things, and then we meet all together. Um, but I will say that performing when we're actually performing, getting to that point, stressful. Yes. When we're actually performing, though, it's a good time. We have a great time. Athena is really great with uh, working with the client and just her yes anding everything, mm -hmm. which is awesome um, because we never have to stress. And actually, one of the <laughs> one of the uh, events that we did one time oh a couple years ago, I'm nervous, was a, a Dickens event. And we were invited to go perform down in San Diego. And uh, this is where Athena's true oh, yes ands come in, <laughs> is we got into this event. And now with the Dickens, we ha also have this aesthetic of holding the books, you know, because everybody imagines mm -hmm. Dickens carolers holding these books. Now, do we need them? No. Sometimes, maybe. But it's it's a look. Well, the client wanted us to wander around this room of the event and holding our books and holding one microphone for all of us to sing in so they could hear us. Oh. <laughs> and we had no idea how to please the client with this. Um, so we, you know, we turned to Athena of being our leader of like, okay, well, how do we do this? And we kind of have to like huddle and the client is, you know, well, can we can we get on with this? Can you just wander around and getting a little pushy about it? But she's she she's really calm and cool. Um, and of course, my immediate reaction is I'm going to be sassy because I, I that's what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you want me to hold a book, hold a microphone, prance around a room and stand on my head all at the same time mm -hmm. while standing in this really cool outfit in Southern California that it's 100 Sweating degrees outside mm -hmm. and I'm wearing a vest and a coat and a hat mm -hmm. what else would you like me to do would you like me i feel like i'm just the wild animal park all of a sudden you should have stood on your head yes and yes. uh and she just she just worked with the client of like okay i just want to explain to you holding this microphone along with the books is an adventure did we make it work yes we made it work did we think we looked the best probably not um but those are the moments that performing I enjoy because it's like you can't write these things down. These are right. These are moments that you're like, oh, if I had a book. That was an odd event request, because we also had to mingle by now by her asking us to walk to stroll. You know, a lot of gigs we stroll, but we don't yeah. generally stroll literally through the room, having to move around people that are, you know, Bumped drinking together. their cocktail, right. eating their cookies. We're generally strolling on a promenade or what have you. Right. So we're like, oh, excuse me, you know, singing along Rudolph. The, oh, oh, sorry, like bumping into people. But, you know, we did what we were asked. And having to stay as a collective unit. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's so the other one thing. Person. On one mic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We like to stand in semicircle as you do mm -hmm. to hear each other, but now standing around a microphone, we have to like huddle, but they still want you to be open, right? Because you know, we all can't see you. And then it's, do you have to like, do you have to be in a semicircle? Can you just be in a straight line? Like, we want you to stroll. Can you just be in couples and and then weave through these tables and the workstations that we put up for the kids? And you're like, I can't hear anybody, so. That yeah, also that poses tough. a problem because you can't hear anyone. So right. you're like, well, I hope I'm singing the right notes and in the right key right now. 
Um, well, as, and as you two know, Anthony and Alex, like being in the event industry, like you, you have clients like this woman, like I'm sure in her brain, she thought, oh, it will be so lovely if mm -hmm. this caroling group cruised through the, you know, event mm -hmm. and everyone got to see them and here's a microphone. Oh, so they can be heard. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, it's not really. I don't want to hold it against them. It was kind of a, an odd and silly request, but at the same time, I'm sure in her brain, the idea was just that, oh, it'll be so magical and lovely mm -hmm. to have them walk. But logistically, she doesn't know that one tiny microphone for four of us, we have to huddle now. And it's unless it's the greatest microphone in the world, it's not picking all of us up. Plus we're walking. We have a book. You know, she just doesn't understand the logistics. So I'm sure you two run into that same thing and you can try to educate them and say like, we'll be happy to do this. However, you know, if we, if we stood in one place and use this microphone, it might sound better or we could stroll. We have very loud voices. We're musical theater people. We're used to like project. We mean, we we're loud. We don't need this mic most likely to walk through, but you can try to give those sort of more professional suggestions based on your experience and the, you know, but I think you have a harder time than we do where we sit because, and that's, that's the job that we take on is to ensure that the client isn't asking for anything that isn't reasonable, that isn't possible logistically or morally, usually it's logistics, but that's, <laughs> that's what we do um, is intercept those kinds of ideas and, and right. try to educate the client. I remember this was when I first started my business. Somebody wanted me to recreate the opening of The Sound of Music. Oh. Which would be like delightful. With the hills and stuff? Yeah, with somebody <laughs> singing in the hills. Somebody, they're going to be outdoors and they'd like somebody to, you know, kind of come in and start singing and they'll hear it. And, you know, so I had to explain the logistics of that and how it wouldn't work. And I always blame television and film. <laughs> for the issues yeah. that we have in live because people get those ideas. The minute you said it, I instantly thought of the movie White Christmas. Yeah, where you they know, just cruise yeah. around and you singing. can hear them singing everything. Right. And they don't know that they're not singing live at that moment. You know what I, I mean? Like they just don't have any concept right. of the logistics that go into even making it appear that way on a movie, you know, in a scene. Right. JD, what were you gonna say? say this seems like a topic for sass chat in itself yes <laughs> yes it all the crazy the things movies that have ruined you. us in yes. live performance yes i love it <laughs> that's actually a very that's that's a really good episode but as an artist you really have to be a diplomat when you are trying to educate and explain to a client what is possible because you don't want to come across as being somebody who's just not willing to do something right you know and and often you're put in that position when you're on site when time is of the essence and things are already happening um so it's such a precarious precarious uh, circumstance and situation to be in but it sounds like you handle them well yeah i just i don't know i just have the mindset of like you know when you're out, I mean, I've been performing, as I mentioned, since I was a kid and my, been around my parents and performing and just so many things, live theater, live performance. It's always just, you know, it is its own animal and you just have to be ready for anything. And I think it, it, that just bleeds over into like, well, once we're on site and the event is going on, we're in, a, we're on set, you know, like when you work at Disney, when we worked at DCA, like as soon as we stepped 
you know, from the backstage to the on, you know, over that line, you're on set. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not singing, you're on set. So as soon as the event hap- starts, it's like you're just on set. And so mm-hmm. now whatever curveballs come, you're just it's like you're in a theater show. Someone drops their line, someone has to make something up. A prop gets falls on the ground, pick it up and move on. Like you just you gotta roll with it. That's the theatrical training, mm-hmm. the Disney training. And again, that's what separates you from others in the space. You said it a few minutes ago, you are connecting with people when you're performing, which is so different from I'm performing for you, Mm -hmm. which is why it seems to me you are so successful, Athena, because you're there to connect and you understand that that requires a lot of prep in advance that nobody sees. Right. Right. So that you could really be focused on them, giving them what it is they seek. Right. Which is which is what I have been proselytizing for years and years and years and years and years. (laughs) years. This is what our world is. You know, I remember working with um, I probably tell this story a lot. I don't think I've told it to you. I worked with a group called the Broadway Divas probably 12 years ago now. And they Kate. Kate Schindle was one of them. She is now the president of Equity. And she was doing, it was before she did Legally Blonde, uh, but she had already been in a number of musicals. And these were four women from New York who had all had lead roles on Broadway. Wow. And they were singing for a group here in San Diego. We brought them in. And I stood at the back of the room and I said to myself, wow, during the show, wow, those ladies are really happy we're watching them because there was no connection with the audience. It was almost as though they were saying on stage, aren't you lucky that I'm here? I've been on Broadway. Aren't you lucky? And that is what read for me during the entire performance. Mm -hmm. And although the audience didn't maybe pick up on that, I certainly did. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the difference between performing, breaking the fourth wall, engaging, connecting, or being an actor who belongs on stage with that fourth wall mm-hmm. intact because right. you don't really have the personality. You look for it in your people. We could tell she's got huge personality. Yes. You know, it's great. I know he's got yeah. it reined in today. I'm like, okay. Raining it down a minute. I want to. I want to be around JD when the sass really comes out. Oh I, yeah, I this is podcast. I want to hear. I want to be that fly on the wall or the apple in the hand. <laughs> well, yeah, then we'll just careful. we'll put you on a conference call with us. That's right, because oh, that's literally no. We're going to have you on our pod, so we're we're doing a crossover. So oh, yeah. you're going to be joining us oh, here yeah. for. And we'll be picking out some. Well, you'll have to be surprised too, yes, along with yes. along with yeah, one of us as Our to what the topic surprised. is. That's right. I love that. And so you'll have a chance to bring your sass too. I have to say that you know that's what that's not what JD and my friendship is based on, but it's one of the things that you know connects us or made us faster friends, right? Than getting to know someone because we kind of have this little sassiness, tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between sassy and rude. So I think a lot of people misinterpret sometimes the sass in, I, I give people a hard time 
a lot, but I give people a hard time if I like them. Me I'm too. sassy if Agreed. I like them and I feel comfortable. And a lot of people don't. And I also remember that not everybody knows me and I'm not friends mm -hmm. with them. And I tend to go into it like a dog where I'm like, I like you already. I have no reason to not like you. And so I'm going to be sassy right out the gate. And I tend to offend a lot of people that way because they're like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. Let me start over. Let me right. start this all over. Um, so, yeah. So, and that's where I think Athena and I really got along was because... I, I finally had somebody that I could bounce those right. sassy I'm, moments off with and that we don't get offended by it. It's just funny. It's very tongue in cheek. Well, I, I have to I love that because that's kind of how I conduct myself as well. And again, I have to remember sometimes I don't know my audience. Yeah. yeah. You get yourself in trouble. That's the uh -huh. trick. Exactly. You don't want to be around any uh, sassless people. No, <laughs> never. Never. So we wanted to do something a little special for you, and we're being asked to wrap. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to introduce the 15 best Christmas songs. Fifteen best. Christmas songs oh my gosh. You, you never heard. Oh, okay. So we're curious to know if you have heard them. Okay. Because Ooh, I'm excited. A game. I love it. And I think some of them will maybe be uh, a bit giggle worthy as well. Okay. For sure. All right. So if we've one. heard it, should we sing a little part of it? Yes. Okay. I love it. Yes. Like, okay. Come on. <laughs> I know well, because I want to get put on the spot. I can't sing it. You can't think of the I know. song all of a sudden. This is one of those I moments. I know you had trouble. He's... Yeah. But the last time I know. It's good though. It keeps it keeps your you know your mind engaged though. I know that I know. we don't have singing in our in our pay for this event, JD, but you know, this is just a yes right. and moment. I'll tell I, you, I even, even if it's just eight bars. Eight okay. bars. Eight bars. Wow. <laughs> I was oh, gonna Anthony. go with like maybe two bars, one one bar, eight bars. Eight one bars. minute, your one like, minute. That's like two lines. I know your one minute <laughs> cut, your one minute audition cut. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. First song. What will Santa Claus say? No, I don't know that. JD, don't know it. The byline is when he finds everybody swinging. Ooh, it must be like oh, okay. a swing. <laughs> now this right. is like a whole other turn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. this, this is not a keys in a fishbowl moment. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it could yeah. be. I think they meant swinging swing music, JD. Oh, come on. Nasty pants. Oh. <laughs> okay, number two. Oh, wait a minute. I, just, I wanted to give one other little hint on that one. Louis Prima. Just that. Oh, thing. I still don't know the song, but okay. makes sense. But you know the artist. Yeah. Okay, how about Santa Teach Me to Dance by Debbie and the Darnells? I feel like I have heard that song. Can I sing it? No, but I feel like I have heard it. No, I haven't heard it either. I know, I didn't know. It wasn't familiar to me either. Did you know that Bob Dylan wrote a Christmas song? No. Called it, It Must Be Santa. Oh, must be Santa, 
Must be Santa, uh, Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Oh, I guess I did know that one too. Yeah. I know it because Raffi recorded it. <laughs> Not Bob Dylan, but Raffi did a cover on a wow. kid. Wow. I will say the video, uh, the Bob Dylan video is quite entertaining. Oh, I'm oh, really? sure. So look it up and watch it. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you have not heard of this one because it was covered by John Denver and it was by the Decemberists and it's called, Please Daddy, Don't Get Me Drunk This Christmas. <gasps> oh, no, no, no. Sorry. 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 I misquoted. I misquoted. Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. Oh, get me I mean, I mean. I mean, either way, it's not great, but. No, it's not great either way. But... Did I miss that one on the Muppets Christmas album? <laughs> God, seriously. Like, oh I don't know that one. I think you need to add it to your I think so. Yeah. Don't get me drunk at Christmas. Oh man, that's funny. I think I like Did that you know that? More. Yeah, you I next time we hire you, we need to have that in in your show. Okay. Yeah, thank okay. you. It's a we'll, it's a must. We'll up the price for that one. Of course. <laughs> um <laughs> probably be your Custom last gig songs. anywhere. Exactly. So you should. <laughs> Go out with a bang. Uh, right. All right. Did you know that John Legend and Stephen Colbert wrote a song called Nutmeg? No. No. I'm going to have to look that yes, one Yes, please. Uh, did you Was know that, that a the... recent one? Do you it's know, a... Alex? I think it's just a couple years back. Yeah. Was it like on a Netflix special or something? Yes. Do you know this, JT? Yeah, they did like a Netflix Christmas special a couple years ago oh. that I know Stephen Colbert yes. was in. So that's why I'm wondering if it was in that. Well, that's pretty I didn't close, watch it. Though you at least know where it came from. Yes. No, it, whether it was or... in uh, 2008, and it oh. was a Christmas, a Colbert Christmas, the greatest gift of all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a name. So if it's so good, why haven't we heard of it? Yeah, exactly. That's it, what I'd like. It's to know. pretty, it's pretty adorable. Is it? It's pretty adorable. Okay. Okay. We need to listen. Look that one up. Okay. The Bare Naked Ladies wrote Christmas Time. Oh, yeah. No. I don't know that one. Every time I hear Bare Naked Ladies, I think of, oh, rest you, Mary Gentlemen, that they did. Yeah. God rest you. Yeah. I know that one too. Oh, yes. I know that one too. But not Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Christmas time. Oh, Christmas time. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have a whole, um, I think they have a whole uh, oh, album yeah. dedicated like to it. Words. Oh, yeah. The, the best one being Happy Birthday to Jesus. Oh, there Wait, you go. Wait, I think I have heard that one. <laughs> a bit by the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Happy yeah. Birthday to Jesus. Yeah. You heard that one, Janie? That's funny. Yeah. You know, they're available. For corporate gigs, just the bare naked ladies. Oh yes. Oh my not gosh, very not very expensive either. Yeah. Oh. We, maybe we can open for them. I love it. Why don't we just perform <laughs> we'll do, with them? We'll do they're... Christmas time. Oh yeah, and then they can yeah. And then do it with birthday them. baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. And but then maybe... God Resty, their big hit. And then we'll, well work with them on <laughs> "Don't Get Me Drunk This Christmas." Yes. <laughs> but wait, but wait, you probably want to close with this next tune. <gasps> Because it's Harry Belafonte, and it's called Mary's Boy Child. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Heart now here. Didn't yes, Natalie I know that one. Cole sing that song? I don't know. I, da, da, I've da, never da, heard da, it. Da, 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 that one I know. Da, 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 da. 
That one? I promise you, you've heard it. Uh, okay, I'm just a guest. Calypso and I didn't know song? That. Isn't it? Yeah, we Yay. both. We both know it, Anthony. Where you been? I don't know. I guess I'm not listening to enough Harry Belafonte. <laughs> that was my mother's yeah. boyfriend. I'm just gonna say. That's why you know it. My that was my mother's love. Top of the list was Harry Belafonte. Oh. The Jewish like actual version. boyfriend, or that she was just obsessed with him. Like my obsessed. dad was with Sheena Easton. Yeah, obsessed. What? Yeah. Okay. Really. My dad was obsessed with Sheena Easton. He oh, used to okay. call her a girlfriend. And when I was a kid, I would cry because I thought my dad was having an affair with Sheena Easton. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that got awkward really That's quick. awkward. <laughs> and you wanted Sheena to be your mother and you were sad that she wasn't? No, I didn't. I thought okay. my dad was cheating on my mom no, with no, Sheena no. Easton. You're a good And son, was taking the baby. train nine to five to go see her. Oh. <laughs> My baby takes the train. Man. Yeah. So those right. are the songs we've never heard of? No, there are more. Oh. I've got, I got oh. a few okay. more. This one I think right. you've heard of. I I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. There's two versions. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. That one? There's two versions. Oh. What's the I second version? I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Da, 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 da. I think it might be the first version it's by johnny cash mm, i think it's the first one the one jd sang yeah how you about know what poem this is based on i i feel like i do because we sing this one but oh we do sing on, this one it's based on a uh, 1863 poem by henry wadsworth yeah oh a little history for you a little history thank yes, you i'd love to learn something <laughs> number nine 10,000 Watts by Crystal Antlers. What? That mm -hmm. artist's name is awesome. Crystal, Crystal Antlers. Antlers. Isn't that great? Yeah. Never heard Jingle of it. Bells, number 10. Jingle Bells by Yogi Jorgensen. Jorgensen? Yes. I know that you one. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, I can't can think one? of how it goes. Also, Yorgi, Yogi Jorgensen has another one called I Yest Go Nuts at Christmas. That's the one I know more than Yingle Bells. I Yest Go Nuts at I Christmas. I Yest Go Nuts at Christmas. It's like this whole weird oh, vibe. Yeah. Cookie I Monster. <laughs> kind of Cookie Monster-esque. <laughs> okay, number 11 is a favorite of mine. And mine. And Alex's. Donde Esta Santa Claus? Yes. 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 I do know this one. Oh, how does it go? I do too, but how Mamacita, does it go? Mamacita, donde está Santa Claus? Santa Claus. Oh, dang. Oh. I don't know it. Out of the window, I'm peeping. Peeping? peeping? You're peeping or peeping? Peeping. peeping. Okay. <laughs> like looking. <laughs> yes. D'Angelo, D'Angelo, our producer, could sing it for you. Oh, D'Angelo. <laughs> yes. it's. Hi, he introduced it to to us a few, to me a few years ago, and it's the song that I need to hear every Christmas. Yep, it's it's now um, my favorite. It's, thanks to Dancho, it is now my favorite. Actually, that's one that maybe the hipsters should pick up because being here in San Diego, we, I don't, I mean, we need some, you know. It's a great Something besides song. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, I can see you guys doing this because it's a very playful song and I can see you guys. I have the whole visual right in front of me right now performing it. Okay, well, we're gonna look into it then this season. We need something new. It's a good sassy one for you, JD. Yes, perfect. 
Don't you can they have start the solo. Santa yes. Claus, I'm looking for him because it's Christmas Eve. Oh, yes. Yes. That's it. It's in our rep. We're doing it. We're going to figure it out. Great song by Augie Rios. Okay, this one is by Pink Martini, and it's uh, Elohe Nitzor by Pink Excuse Martini. Me? Bless you. No. <laughs> I'm going to spell it because I don't even think I'm, I'm pronouncing it correctly. Elohe, I think. Elohe. Oh, yes, of course. Elohe Nitzor. That would make sense. Hmm. E-L-O-H-A-I, Elohe. It's, it sounds Yiddish. It, Nitzor or Hebrew. Say. It's based on a Jewish prayer. Interesting. So you don't know it? No. Negative. The next one is the Christmas song by the Ravenettes. But that must not be the same Christmas song because the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on right. an open fire Christmas song. Yeah. Written by, I think, Irving Berlin. No, that was. So they have another song they've written Mel called Torme. the Christmas song? Yes, there's another song called the Christmas song. I didn't think that was possible. Oh, okay. All right. By Allo Darling. Either, but... Oh. Number 14, Space Christmas. No. no. Man, we're not doing so no. well on these. I think we've known three out of 15 so far, well, 14. They did say these were the 15 best songs That's you true. never heard. I mean, and people always complain. We hear the same Christmas songs every year. Well, <laughs> I don't you like this. you put these in? Right. I mean, this uh, is a quick Google search. So, you know, you're not working that hard. Come on. The very last one is a song called My Dear Acquaintance, A Happy New Year. And it's by Regina Spector and was sung by Peggy Lee. Oh, you know what? I do know this. I couldn't sing it for you, but I only know this because my one of my friends who runs the a middle school choir department, she did a whole set, like their show, their show set. The theme was New Year. So she had all these like old Lang Syne and all this. And she had a portion of this song oh. in that set. It's quite beautiful. Yeah. Is it it sounds like a, a touching song? It is. It's it it sounds beautiful. like somebody who's at a New Year's Eve party alone and just met somebody, or that's what it sounds like. Yeah. To me. There's a feel of there's an air of loneliness around that song. Yeah. Well, here's a line from it. And a happy new year to all that is living, to all that is gentle, young, and forgiving. That's nice. Very nice. Otherwise, no happy new year to you. Right. If, yeah. Right. Sassy. I mean, you know, that's right. Happy new year. Man, I I feel like I know a lot of Christmas songs, some deep cuts, but man, you stumped me. A lot of them. Well, that was what we wanted to do. So oh, I guess perfect. this was a successful yeah, morning. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it! That's right. Yeah. Stumped us. Stumped our sassy pants. I have I have the suspicion that we could go on forever and ever and oh, ever. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There it are seems a lot like of topics. we've seems like we um, you know, we're in the tribe now. We're in the same tribe here. We've got yes. a little sass happening, mm -hmm. a little bit of not liking certain musicals mm -hmm. got a little bit of like educating our clients about things yeah we're like this is it we're in a it's tribe a little bit of everything so i'd like to ask you before we close what are your favorite musicals or your your each of you your favorite musical oh my gosh jd you can go first okay my favorite musical <gasps> the minute when i sit down and the overture plays and i am in tears already is miss saigon oh 
Really? Wow. Right out the gate already. However, on the other spectrum, my favorite musical is Reefer Madness. I don't think I even know this musical. I don't know Reefer Madness. Totally opposite. So Reefer Madness is a musical that is based off of the 1920s propaganda movie about how bad marijuana is and how it will make you be a cannibal and you'll kill people and like all these things and then they they took it and they turned it into a musical parody of that with two ingenues and then mayhem ensues and i feel like it played somewhere in san diego for a a time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah if you ever have a chance to say it is a campy musical should not be taken serious in any way shape or form with like cardboard cutout set pieces because that's how campy it is but it is so funny and the music is fun it's it's a fun show and there it's actually you can find it kristen bell did it they have a movie version of it okay Um, and i love her yeah and she's great and she plays the ingenue girl again mayhem ensues so i love when mayhem ensues that's always great in musical theater especially i think my favorite musical i guess i'm gonna go with 42nd street i love all the tapping i'm a hoofer so i love the tapping i love the dancing i love that it's sort of that time period where you are sort of campy and overdone and all the characters are kind of they're not two-dimensional but they're not exactly they're like two and a half dimensional i Mm want to say um I just love, I love everything about that show. I've been in it. I've seen it. I love it. I'm gonna it's go a that. great show. Is yeah. that, that's not an, that is not a really old show, is it? Even though it was a movie. No. And I think they're, the original, I mean, there's been a revival version now. So there was a version that is older than that version, the revival, obviously. But um, it's not a super old show, but it, I think it was written about a time previous to its debut. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to end this on a sour note, but did you know that Music Man is being revived again? (laughs) Yes, with Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman. You all have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) And, And JD. Yes. I am so on board with you when it comes to long musicals long. and long scene changes, yes. which is how they used to be. Yes. I don't see any reason to to regurgitate those again with modern technology. That's true. You know, but often you see them done exactly that the way that yeah, they were as done. they were, right? Yeah. Now as on the other spectrum though, they a lot of theaters are now doing the opposite new productions musicals that are coming out are doing the opposite where now they have the ensemble moving the set pieces and Mm -hmm. everything and doing like dance routines and everything so then that way there is no scene change quote unquote anymore now it's all part of the show it's not like a blackout and then they move everything around and then they're like picking people up and moving them over here because that's cool and it's very (laughs) modern-y how do we feel about that I did a version of Sweeney Todd where that's what we did. It was a big, huge set on a rotating mm-hmm. turntable, so to speak. And as we're singing these intricate harmonies, which, you know, yeah. Sondheim, yeah. Yeah. and moving this very heavy, but uh, I never, I was the only cast member in that show. I never left the stage once. I was on uh, 
See, that's what's exhausting. See, that's tiring. Yeah. So it really depends on what side of the theater you're on. Right? If you're on right. stage and you're a chorus member, it sucks. Yes. But yeah. if you're in the audience, it's seamless. Yeah. And yeah. I prefer it because we're a modern day audience. We expect yeah. things to happen in a certain amount of time. We don't expect the curtain to come down and to pause for 30 seconds while right. something happens. And so to, have you seen In the Heights? Have you seen that staged? Uh, the actual production? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the actual production um, done before. I thought they did a marvelous job with the transitions because that was one of those seamless pieces that just wove in and out of different scenes. Well, it's also nice when you have a stationary set as right. your blanket. That's right. always that helps. the selling point because then you can like roll on and off the other right. pieces. But it's when it's the bigger sets, but in the Heights, yeah, it's just that cityscape, call it a day. Right, right. call it a day, right. It's like Avenue Q. Yeah. It's like everything that I used to do at the Moonlight before they had their grand reopening. It was kind of just like your set and then they would roll. In fact, I did a production of chess there and there was a raked stage. Oh and yeah. The things pulled on and it was like lit so it could light up different areas. And the and the pieces pulled on these big huge plastic wagons that and there were these divots in the stage. So like mm -hmm. our heels would but they would, you know, pull them Tracks. on and it was a whole thing. But the the actual set was just like, you know, a backdrop. And then all these things came on and off. But yeah, I don't prefer the blackouts anymore because it's kind of like, I don't know, we've just gotten used to our attention span being in mm -hmm. needing that next piece of stimulus. And as soon as the lights go down and you have to like, oh, in my program, I got this popcorn, I got this, whatever. It just, you get, you lose the momentum. See, and I, I think, uh, think it's I disagree. Too really? Easy yep. people of course you would, JD. I do. I, I think I disagree because I like to have a, a down moment, especially when a show is so involved and you're so invested. There's a lot of action going on. I get emotionally involved in musical theater. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like action, 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 it's like watching a movie when you don't have like a moment to breathe. Mm -hmm. In musical theater, I feel the same way. So when there is a blackout or transition music or you see things changing that aren't like spectacle, it gives my brain and my emotions a moment to like, what did I just experience and process it before we move into the next scene? That's where I come from. I guess I'm just a tin man with no heart and no emotions. Well, you said that. Come on, come but, on. No, I, I can't. I can't agree with you because it sounds to me like we would want to meet somewhere in the middle. Because even though JD likes those moments, I'm going to speculate that you wouldn't want those moments to occur twenty times or fifteen times during the course of a musical. Well, no, I mean, it, there is what we call moderation is right. great, much like food. Um, <laughs> what? We don't want to overfeed people, uh, you know, these blackouts for days. I mean, that's usually what you have in like youth theater because the kids take 12 years to get off stage. Right. You have to have but a blackout. But in like a professional production, a few sprinkled in is great. <laughs> um, so you're I, right, Anthony, meeting in the middle. That's the story of JD in my life. Oh, really? In the middle. True. Well, mm -hmm. you know, should be with everyone, right? Trying to meet somewhere in the middle of, I don't know. She's organized and I'm not. <laughs> That's, and oh man, meet, meet in, in the, the middle, middle there for See? sure. Bringing up that dust. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, whatever it is, it works. So thank you. Thank you. you, Thanks for joining us. And uh, it was really nice. Yeah. And we're going to have you on our podcast, SAS Chat Podcast. We're going to have you on as a special guest. And um, we'll put you to work talking sassy about whatever topic it is that day. Yeah, Alex, we'll work on that SAS together. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to that. And we look forward to seeing you this year in person and to working with you. And thank you for all of the care that you put into your products because it does matter to us and it matters to our clients. So we appreciate it. And thank you for just, you know, trusting us with so many event options and, you know, because we're a reflection of you when we're going out to a client that you have, you know, booked or worked with. So just thanks for for keeping us in your minds and getting us out there and we can then represent you guys as well as best we can. Thank you so much. And now that we know more about you, maybe there'll be some other things that we can do together. Can't wait. We'll see. The, the world's going to open up. Ah, I'm so excited. So thank you for joining us. Thank and, you so much. Uh, thank you. We look forward to talking to you again on SAS Chat. Okay. Yes. Athena and JD, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That was so much fun talking to Athena Espinoza and JD Dumas. I feel like we're car- carbon copies. Don't you? Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. So many, so many things to talk about, and really just great to engage with people that have the same background. Yeah. As we understand the theatrics that are necessary in putting live events together and the magic that it takes to create the illusion that it's easy and fun and engaging. Uh, You know, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes, and kudos to both of them for putting it in. And having fun and being a little bit sassy while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Love the sass. Love the Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Bellotified. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to Sass Chat. You'll find all the fun we discussed in this episode. Go to Bellotta.com and click on the podcast tab to ask Anthony, that's me, anything. Make it a great day.